The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Spins by the feet, he's to the 10, the 5, touchdown! Oh! oh, what a tackle! Evans up the middle to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan! Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Foling Warehouse. Your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. A big week in store for Eastern Michigan, but Tom, I've got a question for you. Lay it on me. When do things become retro? Ooh, that's a good question. Because it's retro arcade game day coming up on Saturday as Eastern Michigan, the doubleheader, they're hosting a retro arcade day. But the problem is these are all games that I grew up with. That's not retro. You're retro. No. Come on. You, you don't think that so, era of like the 90s is retro? It's got to be. I guess be. it does, but that does also that retro mean old? Because that makes me feel really old. Yeah. Wait till you listen to classic rock on the radio. You're going to feel real old. Oh. Greg, we're not young. No, that's the hard part. Like, they're talking about bringing Tetris and, and Ms. Pac-Man and all these other games. And like, that's just what I used to play. Realistically, you can only have retro arcade game day because everybody just plays at home now. There aren't new cutting-edge video games at arcades out there, I don't think. It's still like Pac-Man and Qbert. <laughs> Were you a video game guy growing Loved it. up? Yes, yes, especially the World of Wheels roller rink. In Ann Arbor, we would have school roller skating parties, all that type of stuff. Here's the problem. First of all, roller skating. I always wanted to wear, like, my newest pair of jeans. Of course. I would inevitably fall and get the shiner on the knee. Remember, did you ever roller skate? Not well. Well, did anybody skate well? But well, there, there was always that one kid that was always showing up because they could skate backwards and everything else. I was the guy just like holding onto the wall to make sure I didn't fall over. Well, I was I really honed in on being fake cool because I got the rental skates. The, usually the heel was worn out on the inside a little yep. bit, so it was going to give you a blister. But I bought the skate socks that go over the skate. You ever see it would cover the laces oh, yeah. and everything? So they were black. So... If you slid them over, they look like I had my own custom skates with orange wheels. They were just the rental skates. But when you put the little nylon sock over it, now look at you like that, right? So then I got my jeans, I got my hoodie, I got my comb sticking out of my back pocket because the hair is feathered and making laps around the rink. And then sometimes there'd be a couple skate. Well, not everybody always wanted to skate with T-Nizzle. So I would go over and play Asteroids and all those games. And sometimes my mom would take me when I was young because she went for exercise. So she she would go to a midweek matinee yeah. skate. And then I knew the couple skate was coming and my mom would want to skate with me because I'm her little boy. So I would either hide in the bathroom or play a video game. Oh, she can play video <laughs> games too. My mom used to like to play some Mario with me. No, yeah. Why not? But yeah, we're retro. We're retro. We're ret- retro. I guess it's... At what point is something thing. an antique? 75 years? Isn't 50 like an 50? antique now? Then I'm an antique. Yeah, technically. Yeah. So it would make sense the stuff I did was retro. But to me, you're gold, not antique. I'll take it. Uh, but yes, you can come out. Uh, they have Ms. Pac-Man, Street Fighter, Donkey Kong, Tetris, Centipede, Puzzle Bobble's not one I know. I don't know that but game. But that one's coming. Puzzle uh, Bobble. They were supposed to have NBA Jam, but it's in oh, the shop. Oh. That's the one, too, where the ball would heat up and get, like, fiery when you hit a couple shots in a row. Oh, yeah. But yeah. 
Since we don't have that one, I do have the animation on the board for Saturday for when Tyson Acuff decides to go off for he's heating up. Nice. So that'll be a great uh, thing on Saturday that uh, you can get off with because there are no games this week until Saturday following the Max Sunbelt Challenge. Ah, that's a deep sigh of relief for everybody to get their legs back under them after a everybody big, long stretch. Yeah, and it's nice for the women's team. They got a win against South Alabama, and now they get a week off, and then you get into the stuff with Northern Illinois coming in, who you've already beaten. Yep. So, obviously, both the men and women need some sort of crazy run here, or there's no trip to Cleveland. So, it's nice for both teams to kind of get their legs underneath them. Uh, the men losing their Sun Belt Challenge against Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe actually had a they had a good team. They got some, gosh, there was one guy, his last name had like 47 consonants and two vowels. Yeah, I could say he needed to buy a, a vowel on yeah, fortune. But a strong player. I was like, yeah. please don't let him play. Please don't let him. I'm like, oh, he plays 30 minutes a game. Yeah. Um, so so the men losing that one. And of course, it was a Monroe's a tough city to get to, tough city to get out of. They had some plane troubles. They didn't get back till Sunday night. Another strong game from Acuff as well as Osonyuk, but you, you still got to get well-rounded effort out of everybody yeah you need like osonic's got a hit when a cuff's hitting you still need double digits out of lovejoy you need help in the paint like billingsley like 11 points has to be his minimum uh you need better defensive play out of martinoff you need this whole thing to come together it'll be interesting to see saturday because you play bowling green that was, you and I called that MAC opener at Bowling Green on January 2nd, and they lost in overtime 92 to 90. Actually, it wasn't, it was the, that was the first game because they beat yeah. Kent State the second right. game of the MAC play. Um, but it was so similar be- to the NIU game that we called the other day, too, that free throws were the difference. I mean, when Eastern shoots in the single Eastern digits, Michigan shot nine, and yeah. they shot 29. Can't do that. It can't be all play. It's got to be some. There's some extenuating circumstances. Yes. Uh, yes. So that just seems almost unfair. But, yeah, that made a difference in that game. But it'll be interesting, like, all right, where are we right now? Where is Bowling Green right now? Because these two have played head-to-head. It went right down to the wire. EMU lost by two. Are we going to see similar fashion? Is EMU going to get beat by 10? Is EMU going to come off this week of rest and come out and get the win they should have got January 2nd and finally get rolling? It's going to be tough to say. So we touched on the men's side, but on the women's side, uh, again, the the effort, the intensity, what Keisha Blanton is doing, if you changed your defense, you've done all these things, and now you're getting a player unselfishly say, seven games left, I, I would just want to help my team. And... Isla Boston is now all of a sudden playing. She started the other day after expecting to be, uh, this is not going to be a season I'm going to play in. I, she came into the game, the game previous to South Alabama, and all of a sudden I was like, I didn't have her on my chart. I didn't have her on my chart. So day. it's like, I knew she was on the team, but it's like at a certain point as seasons go on, I eliminate players that are red shirting or not going to play this season. All of a sudden I'm just like, hold on everybody. Here's a player we haven't seen all season. <laughs> now she's averaging 10 minutes a game. Right? She got the start. And it's like the it women just, are also doing this thing with the Turkey now. Oh, the Turkey's a big thing. And they were out they bought the turkeys. They were placing them on the front. You get a Turkey. If you get three defensive stops in a row. Yes. And they figured out that if you have seven over the course of a game, seven turkeys, 
you're bound to win. Yes. So they bought seven turkeys. Well, the hard part was they played such good defense the other day. Uh, midway through the second, well, the third quarter, they ran out of turkeys. Well, they had six turkeys in the first half. Right. They but the, and they got the seventh turkey. needs to go out and buy some more. There's ten on the desk. Oh, now. even better. So the new goal is ten turkeys, and if they hit that number. They're going to go for 12. I, I, it's Turkey's a thing now. They got the band to gobble. You got, you got Ryan Woolley talking about wanting stuffing and gravy during the broadcast. Well, I always want stuffing and gravy. So, well, so do I. I love he's hitting a sweet spot there. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's a very cool thing the women's team is doing, and it gives them a focus. Like they want to see those turkeys pop up on the scorer's table or wherever or someone holding up a turkey. So now it's a thing. So I, I like it. Anything you can do because they are playing with some effort and intensity, and it's a really good thing. Uh, this week, we roll some new sports into the equation as women's golf gets their season going. Uh, it's actually underway right now. They're down in other than South Florida at the Atlantic Invitational at the Fountains Country Club. They're playing. I picked the wrong sport in college. Yeah, I guess Should have grabbed a club young, played golf. Tried, I mean, what a great sport. What a great sport. And uh, Stephanie Jennings, we'll hear from her. Her team uh, struggled in the first round, but her ace, uh, Anna Watson, had a really strong performance out of the gates of 74. She's tied for ninth as we speak after one round of play. So you're going to get to hear all about women's golf and their plan for the year and really how they hope to overthrow Kent State for the first time. Uh, you've, you've had 23 Women's Golf MAC Championships ever crowned. Kent State owns every single one of them. So sooner or later, somebody's got to knock them off, right? right? Yes, they're the crimson tide of golf. Uh, I think they're well past the crimson tide of golf. <laughs> they're they're the uh, the Lakers, Celtics, the, the wooden, and they're everything. Tide. They're every every great team yeah. in one. Yeah. So a great uh, story with her, and then she'll also talk a little bit about the uh, new game above golf performance center. And then this weekend, uh, it's EMU baseball hitting the diamond for the first time. I am ready for baseball because it means winter's done. The worst is behind us. I love baseball, and it means we're finally there. It means you'll be in your little tiki hut soon. Yeah, I'll be baseball on my games. Uh, little, little it, it is nice because, you know, pitchers and catchers and the majors are reporting here in a few days. Baseball is right around the corner. But we're going to talk to Logan Hugo, who is ready to rock this season. I mean, he is, he's put on some muscle. He's put on some size. He feels good about the team. They like their new coach. Like, it's Everything feels like it's hitting on all cylinders for the Block E this year. And he's a creature of habit, which you talked to him about in this episode. He really likes to focus on if he doesn't have the right amount of eggs, it could be a bad day. Same meal every every day he plays right down, I mean, to the number of eggs. Everything has to be cooked the right way. There's no variation. He's got some stuff he does at the ballpark, likes to slam a medicine ball, which you've worried about it. Ricocheting. Yeah, up the last thing I need is him, him knocking face. himself out before a game. <laughs> oh, sorry, we don't have your outfielder today because he's unconscious. But they play Belmont, and he, he talked about too, like one of the things they've done is if the thermometer has read 35 or warmer, they're outside. And he said that makes such a big difference, especially as an outfielder, because last year they went down to Alabama. Yeah, we played in, in Hoover, Alabama. But he goes, that was the first time we were really seeing the ball in the sky, which you got, I mean, it, after you've been indoors all winter, 
seeing the ball come off the bat outside and in the sky and, and getting everything dialed back in is a big deal. So he's like, I don't, they had extra snow shovels. If they had to shovel anything, I think the weather's been phenomenal. Yeah, Robbie Britt said they've only been inside one day uh, since this all started. So they've had a great weather to get It was ready. 60 on Saturday. Right. It was beautiful. So they will get this weekend going Friday, a doubleheader Saturday, and then a full game on Sunday as well. EMU Eagles, your home base for that. We won't have coverage. And right now I've not seen any links for live radio or television. So unless uh, maybe we can convince uh, the powers to be, let us go there instead. Yeah, I'm available. So yeah, I, say, wait, I think we could make that happen. Yeah, we can. I'm always happy to go anywhere warmer and... Uh... Do some broadcasts. So, yeah, plenty of, of good things. Uh, I know, know our time's winding short, but uh, got to get your thoughts on last night's Super Bowl. The team I thought was going to win won. It was a very ho-hum game for a big chunk of it. Right. Um, I thought the 49ers screwed up, though, at the end. Yeah, I did, too. Take... Play defense first. Don't take the football. It's not regular overtime rules. You want to know what the opposition does. I always feel like the more information you have, the better decisions you can make. And what's better than knowing if you need a field goal, a touchdown, whatever. So you had the ball first. You kick a field goal. Now Kansas City has the advantage because you're going to go for it on fourth down, which they did. You're going to know that, like, all right, worst-case scenario – you kick a field goal, but if we get a touchdown here, we win it, which they did. The 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 thing that was unclear to me to the end, they said they talked about starting a new yep. game. As the clock was ticking down to zero, then it was uh, Tony Romo who was like, you know, this will just go into the second. I'm like, okay, this is like the start of a new game. That they never clarified yeah, they didn't clarify. in the playoff yeah. rule. So I'm like... They're running out of time, and they still want it in that first quarter of overtime. Yeah, but it was... I, I was all confused in Tony Romo's verbal diarrhea that he was spewing because he just says anything that comes to his mind. He was. I, I wasn't getting much information no. from him last night, and he felt like he was struggling a little bit there on the call. But, but uh, the thing I heard today was that the Chiefs had talked about their plans if they got into overtime for like a year. They said, if we ever get into this postseason overtime situation, uh, we're giving the other team the ball first. We're right. playing defense. And then they had already decided that they were going for two no matter what if they were down a touchdown. Uh, so, But meanwhile, I heard from the 49ers, they were like, what do you mean they're different rules? They didn't know that this wasn't anything other than just what they play in the regular season. See, that's... That's, gotta, that's coaching. That's on Shanahan. Yeah, because they were excited to win the toss. They got the ball. They kicked the field goal. It's, it, like, uh, it's, it's like Matt's ha- Matt Hasselbeck years ago when he won the coin toss. We we want the ball and we're going to win it. Yeah. And then he threw a pick six. Yeah, don't do that. That's a bad, <laughs> way, bad way to go. But it's just, that's the... We saw bad coaching to the Lions coach themselves out of the NFC Championship. The Lions would have much had a field day yesterday. They would have won. You'd like to, I'd like to think so. It would, it would have been fun to watch, that's for sure. Oh, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts. <laughs> All right, we've gone too long. You can join uh, Tom and I this weekend. We'll have full coverage on EMU basketball on both the radio and TV side. We're back next week. As always, you can listen here or anyway. You get your podcast on now, the Varsity Network. It's the Eastern Insider Podcast presented by the Folding Warehouse and Blue Cross Blue Shield. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle? Whether it's in person or in your pajamas, 
online or over the phone. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line. Because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football. But you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Foling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Foling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Joining me now, Logan Hugo, outfielder, Eastern Michigan baseball. And he's already got the sick head of lettuce ready to go for the (laughs) baseball season. You grew it out a little bit. I did, yeah. Started to grow it out uh, end of last year in the summer bowl and... Letting it eat now. I don't know. Try to, like I said, trying to get some curl on it. Looks good. <laughs> you know, fitting a baseball hat. Are you superstitious at all? Not, not huge. Some baseball players are very superstitious. Do you have a pre-game routine you like to stick to? Yeah, I am a big routine guy. Not super, like uh, superstitious, but routine definitely. Um, I think I like to um, eat the same thing, uh, eat the same breakfast. And then I'll get to the field around the same time, depending on the game time. Okay. And then I'll have the same setup, like what I'm wearing, how I put it on, right sock, left sock, pants, stuff like that. So You know, I'm going to break this down a little bit. What's the meal? I always eat six eggs scrambled with two pieces of toast and two pieces of Jimmy Dean frozen sausage. Warm it up in the microwave. There it is. So you can cook a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Scramble up the eggs. Yeah. Um, if you go into a slump, does the breakfast change? No. Stays the same. I try and the details of the routine need to be even better to be able to make sure I'm doing the right things. So it's not really changing it. It's making sure I'm doing the right thing. How did you lock into that meal? Like, I need six eggs. I don't need five. I don't need seven. I need the right amount of sausage. You yep. just did it one day and you're like, this yeah, is it. This is it. Then you, you, when you get to the ballpark, other than the way you get dressed, are there different things you do there to get ready for the game? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh it is a good like routine that I've set out um, mentally. I heard I, you slam a medicine ball pretty hard. Yeah, I do. I do have some like warm up routines, um, but I really think the biggest thing that I try and stay consistent is my mental performance and mental uh, readiness. I would say. Um, I would say the big thing with baseball, it's different because you switch from home and away on pregame routine and pregame like BP and stuff. Right. So you can't get locked into that routine. You can't get locked into like being a robot in like making sure you're warming up this way or that way, but you can stay consistent in the mental game. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. Now, you're a routine guy, but the routine changes. You have a new head coach. Yep. Talk about him and the changes in the program since he stepped on campus. Yeah. I mean, it's been an incredible for me. Um, has really changed my baseball career. Um, he came in and has taken me under and really has put me on the right direction. He is a big mental guy, uh, mental performance guy. So like, again, that has helped me propel to the next level. Um, I think baseball's 90% mental, as they say, and like him coming in and being a big culture mental guy has changed me, but also this program, um, has really taken everybody under the wing and say, listen, like 
this is how we do things and you're going to prepare in this way and has changed the trajectory of Eastern Michigan baseball. Logan, I've always kind of equated baseball to golf a little bit. It's a lot of mentality. It's a lot of mechanics. It's mm -hmm. a lot about forgetting what happened on the last swing of the last at bat. Do you golf at all? I do a little bit. I'm not very good. Um, I got some, like a lot of our teammates are big into golf. Um, so I'll go out with them just to mess around, but I'm not the greatest. So no, I don't play a ton. You don't step up. You'd like to drive it though. Yeah. You like to oh, step up yeah. there and like, let's yeah. see if we can get this thing to go 400. Yep. That's <laughs> fun. Now that's fun, but that's about all I can do is swing it off the, off the deck and it is going all over the place. But with a name like Hugo, you got to hit dingers. I think <laughs> it feels like a mandatory name with yeah. that. When's the first time you you hit a home run over oh. a fence that you remember? I was pretty young. I remember hitting a lot of home runs in high school, uh, little league. Um, I probably hit my first home run when I was ten, uh, and then we actually started collecting like baseballs that I was hitting home runs at. Um, so that was like a cool memory to look back on. I actually found it in the closet last year. Some of my first like home run balls, and my mom wrote on them. Um, so that was cool. That was a cool like memory that I got to look back on. But yeah, no, I. Not to brag, but yeah, I have been hitting. Home well, it's not bragging while, if you yeah. can do it, right? That yeah. that's part of your job, right? Yeah. Uh, you play in the outfield. You like playing in the outfield. I love it. Did you ever was was there a point in your career where you're playing in the infield or trying different positions? You're like, nah, like I'm yeah. an outfield guy. I was a catcher uh, growing up till I was like 12. Um, switched to the outfield, playing with some other guys, and we had another catcher. Went to the outfield, and I never went back. I probably 12, 13 years old, never went back to catching. Really liked the outfield, um, had the speed for it, so I stayed out there. And I think that's really when it changes. You get that 12, 13 level, and the outfield does come important. Um, when you're in Little League, it's not as much. You come that age, outfield becomes important, and I want to take that over. So I was looking at some of your stats before, too, and when you have a chance to make a put out from the outfield, you convert on yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. You take a lot of pride in that? Yeah, yeah, I'm a big um, – I really try and perfect my craft on that because as an outfielder, you don't get that many opportunities. So you better take advantage of those put out opportunities. And if you don't, it like is very evident in the game. But if you do make it, it is a game changer as well. So you gotta you gotta take pride in what you do. And I think that's a big part of my game as well. Have you changed yourself physically going to this season? Are you a little more bulked up, a little bit different than you were a year ago? Yeah, I came in this fall, um, played last year about 190. Um, I'm pushing 215 now. Um, Cam, our strength guy, has done an incredible job with us. I mean, I attribute a lot of my athletic ability to him. Um, has really changed, again, my career in a, in a great way. Um, yeah, so putting on muscle, we train a ton of speed which has helped me with the weight function and continue to keep my speed up has been really good. Um, and like I said, I, I feel more confident and I feel physically better mm -hmm. um, putting on the muscle that I have, um, which has been incredible. And I, like I said, the guys on the team too, like what Cam's been doing with them, like day in and day out, we have guys putting up PRs um, in the weight room, which is incredible to see that atmosphere. If you ever get a chance to come over to the weight room, those guys get after it. It's a fun experience. A lot of screaming, a lot of that oh, kind yeah. of stuff, getting after oh, yeah. it. There's some meatheads in there. It's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Like, eh, it's like you, we look forward to going to lift because there's some guys in there that can get after it. And uh, we get after each other, too. So it's fun.
Because there was an era in baseball where that was not a thing. No, they really didn't want you lifting weights. And even when you were bulking up, did you worry, well, is this going to affect the way I swing? Is this the way I'm going to follow through? Were you conscious of that as you put on the additional weight and bulked up? I mean, yeah, but you see it. I mean, you see it in the MLB. You got Aaron Judge at 265 pounds. Like, it it plays. Like, it's not that big of a deal as long as you keep the mobility. Um, And Cam's a great job of, like, we do mobility lifts. We do a bunch of stretching. We do some like hip shoulder separation work um, to continue to keep our body right as we continue to add weight um, in, in the mass uh, of our body and the mass of the weight room. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you're conscious of it, but at the end of the day, we have a program set in place that helps us continue to get better in mobility as well as add weight. So, you mentioned Judge. Is he one of your favorite players? I like Judge. Uh I don't know. I, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites. I'm not a huge Who is? fan. I'd say uh, I'm a big fan. This is kind of out there. Evan Carter. He's a rookie on the Rangers. I really took interest in him before the postseason. And then they go on that postseason run. Incredible watching him play the game. Um, he, he's a rookie. And really, like, if you watch his mentality stepping up to the plate, it's very relaxed. Like, whatever happens, happens. Like, let's, let's go have fun. And I, he put up incredible numbers in the postseason, almost hit 400. Like, and I, I was high on him, and I was telling like our coaches and stuff, I'm like, this kid's gonna do something special. And then they go out and win the World Series. It was, I don't know, I felt like felt really good about myself because I was talking about him. But he's a he's a big guy that I've been following, like his progression. Um, he got drafted out of high school, but really was under the radar, um, and then kind of like blew up, which is. A, awesome to see because right trying to follow on steps like that um so yeah I, I like him i also like mike trout big fan just typical goat status there so well you mentioned texas's run how do you feel about this emu team and what they're up against this season what are your guys goals what do you guys think you can accomplish on the diamond yeah i think um hearing like what other people are saying like i mean we got a change coming in it's hard to change it's hard for change like Listen, I think there's a big expectation on this group. Um, I think we have a really good core of of guys that have been here. Um, and then this new group coming in is just eager to learn and win. Um, and I think, like, I've been telling telling our guys this in the weight room. I also told some recruits this, like, either you're going to win with us or you're going to watch us win. So one or the other, you're going to watch us win or you, you're, you're going to come join us and give everything you got because I think – it's only a matter of time before you're going to see us on top. So you can either watch us do it or come join us. I love the attitude. Logan Hugo, final question. You're from Essexville, Michigan. I heard if I get in tight with your parents, I might get some pretzels yeah, that, are, yeah. that are dipped in butter. Yeah, they're like butter-flavored pretzels uh, from Essexville. They're incredible. Um, my parents, yeah. Is that why you bulked up? <laughs> I wish I could say that, but nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah. How many of those pretzels have you had? Enough. They we sound, they sound fantastic. They're great. You have to try them. My parents will get you some. All right. Hook me up. I yeah. appreciate that. Logan Hugo, thank you very much. Good yeah. luck this season. Appreciate it. Thank you. This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us, as well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small business.
You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. She opened a brand new facility, and now you can't wipe the smile off her face. Head coach Stephanie Jennings joins us. It's been a great offseason for EMU women's golf and men's golf. You get a brand new practice facility. We talked to you at the opening. I mean, everybody just continues to beam about that facility. Uh, it's, it's tremendous. The, I think it was two days after the grand opening, Ella from our team was walking in for practice in the morning, and I'm there, and I looked at her, I'm like, I still just cannot believe, like, this is where we come for our yeah. practice now. Like, this is it, you know, and it's just so... How many calls or texts did you get from coaches saying, well, you just made it really harder on us now? They were already saying that when it was being constructed. <laughs> like, so when the coaches came for the Shirley Spork, they're like, man... We're not even going to be able to compete. Right. And I was like, hey, you know, everybody's going to move. I I feel a lot of the, the, you know, larger universities and and teams that are really dedicated to their golf programs, they're going to move into something like this eventually. Yeah, you have to at this point. I mean, just to be able to have the ability to hit and putt in all climate conditions, it's a game changer. That's where... The short game, the putting green, the chipping, that I feel is gonna make a world of difference for us. I mean, we've we've been able to stay fairly competitive without that, with just a plain, you know, flat putting green. But now having the opportunity to work on up and downs, to work on, you know, putting stroke, to work on breaking putts, it's, it really is gonna help us prepare even better. When you look at track, man, and I know I talked to Coach Cunningham about it. He says it's the truest way to get how you could sense a ball fly. You could hit in the dome, and you're flying it out against a white background. You you can't visualize that stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you've had the track, man, but it wasn't the place. You're always moving around. How is that going to help things, too? Yeah, the, the nice thing about the track, man, software, um, it's evolved to where you not only have like just shot analysis modules, but you have target practice modules, you have you know game simulation modules. So we can really set up multiple things. You know, there's a test center where you can set up certain, you know, if there's certain yardages you want to work on, right. you test those yardages. So it just it has so many options. And and yes, you know, the ball ball flight, um, your path, your face, your spin rate, I mean, it, all the data points. And then the other thing that we're taking advantage of, too, now that we're going to go play in Florida, we're at a different you know, elevation level, right? right? Michigan's very different elevation level than Florida. So we're able to set on the track, man, what that elevation level is for Florida and practice that. And our yardage is different at you know, sea level than they are here in Michigan, which sometimes they are. Having an upperclassman heavy team in a lot of ways, they've been around a few years, does it also, when they walk in there, maybe give them a little different sense of where this program's come versus if they were just a heavy freshman team, which you had a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've they've seen it all evolved, right? They've they've been through it, and you know, from the time we started talking about the facility to now, and and the fact that they're still here to see it happen, yep. see it come to fruition, and you know. I've had one-on-one meetings with the players those last couple of days. And the one thing, I never really worried about them 
practicing. You know, we had our scheduled practice and then they would practice on their own sometimes. But even more now, it's like they just want to come and they want to be there and they want to, whether it's, you know, a couple of the girls were studying together last night there and, um, you know, just go and putt for a little bit or whatever. They just have that motivation to, to be there. When, when you have leaders at the top of this program that you can rely on, does it take a little pressure off you because it, it says, okay, they've learned the system and now I don't have to be the one always teaching? Yeah, when you, when you finally have players who believe in what you want to accomplish with this team and, and, and you know, quote unquote, buy into the culture, right? Um, we're always, all of us coaches are always working on the culture of our team. And you know, we, we are a championship team. Um, we are going to be a championship team. And um, the more our players can breathe that, you know, be examples of that and pass it on down to the next generations coming in and the next, you know, players coming in. Yeah, it, it does take a little bit off of me. I mean, I still got to keep well, keep yeah. us moving right. in the right direction because the other thing is like, obviously I have my goals for the team as a whole and they have their individual goals. So so what I you know make sure is they're staying focused on their individual goals because if they're achieving that, then that's going to contribute to our team. Not that you ever want to draw attention to it, but when you walk in the doors right away, there's the trophy case off to the left side. Mm -hmm. The men have their three MAC championship trophies. And not that Eastern hasn't been close. There's seven runner-up trophies in there, but there's not the big one. How does that now, from a visualization point of view, help them realize that this could become reality too? Yeah, just to know what it's going to take us to get there you know shooting even par under par we know what kent does you know we know what they're capable of uh we know the big tournaments they're playing in and you know they they've always had a target on their back right and so it's just trying to you know be patient and and just keep folks on every shot at a time to you know achieve that ultimate goal of winning a mac championship i mean it i mean the world's gonna blow up when (laughs) a team other than kent and, and it can be it's, Eastern it's Michigan right? Right, and we've had individual champion yep. in Sarah Johnson. Um, so so proud of that, and um, you know we can only just keep building on on those moments and on those memories, and just keep pushing forward. I mean, we have so many resources available to us. You know, we had good resources available before, but this is just even more. Here was Stephanie Jennings on the Eastern Sider. You look at where you've come and where you are now. If you could go back and kind of tell yourself when you were a first-year coach that first season, what would you maybe tell yourself that you'd do differently now that you would, didn't at the time? More one-on-one meetings with my players. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of came into it um, just looking at it from, you know, focus on practice, focus on playing, not building those relationships as well as I should have. Um, and I, I, I have great relationships with all those players, um, but I think I could have had even better relationships and better understanding of just how they process things and how they go about their, you know, games. And, and that's what I've tried to incorporate more now um, is having one-on-one meetings with the players. You look at your players at the top, senior Anna Watson right there, and then you've got two seniors that are back after they registered it a year ago and, and Paige and Sophia what does the, do those three really need to do in this upcoming spring season? We really got to you know find more consistency 
you know, we, we experienced in the fall some, you know, high scores, low scores, high scores, you know, so there, there wasn't um, as much consistency as I like to see. And so, you know, our goal as a team, you know, 300 or better is usually where we're yep. trying to achieve better is you know, lower than 300 is, is where we really need to be. Um, and, and I think everybody has it in them. They've seen what they can shoot. They've seen what they're capable of. Um, so just to have them believe in their games and trust in their games. You know, I had a great conversation with Natai Green. Yep. <laughs> we call her Greenie. Um, great conversation with her today and being, you know, this is final semester, right? Final season. And just trusting in what she's built over these last, you know, five or six years being here uh, on our team and, and believing that she can be one of the right. top players in the MAC. Yeah, she has the ability to. Do you also draw comparisons to her and what maybe Priyal's done? Because she, of course, didn't get that luxury of her senior campaign and then because of COVID and then goes off and is doing great things back over in Thailand. Right, yeah. I mean, Green is a very different player from Priyal. Um, and I think, you know, I've, I've kind of looked at Green as, you know, she she can definitely drive and 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 be that kind of driving force with her game um but the little differences is you know just having that trust where Preya had a lot of trust in her game and um greenie's building that trust and i think now she she has the ability to really pull through and we've seen Alyssa really be able to post some low numbers but mm -hmm. i know the biggest thing is consistency with her. How do you try to go about getting her game more from one? Because you'll see a 69 one and a 78 the next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's got all the skills that it takes to shoot those low scores, as we've seen. Um, and she's got the mentality. Um, she, you know, we talk about, like, her match play mentality. Like, she can destroy people in match play. And so it's, like, taking that mentality of, and that focus that she has when she's playing kind of a match play environment and moving it into stroke play and, and how um, we, if we have a bad shot, we just got to kind of, okay, accept it, yep. right? We can't change it. Let's just accept it and believe in our skill and our ability to recover from that bad shot. And then two really talented freshmen that you have in, in Riley and Gabriella. We didn't get to see Gabriella as much in the, in the spring as we did Riley, but mm -hmm. I know you think the sky's the limits for them. I really feel strong that they're going to contribute more in the spring. I know Riley's already contributed, but I, I foresee Ella you know, putting some numbers in there this spring too to, to be a part of, of the lineup, hopefully, and, and get in there. I really saw... Uh, some great qualities in her last round at, at the Birmingham tournament, the Central Michigan tournament. And, you know, we've talked through some things over the, the winter here of just how we think on the golf course. And, you know, there's times where she'll let things spiral her game and we're trying to, you know, change that mentality. And then the one thing you've not had in your career is kind of a transfer addition at this mid-year break. You no. insert Grace mm -hmm. into your EMU family, and uh, she's had the ability at her previous two stops to play well. And mm -hmm. but it's always that transition to the D one level that, that could be unique too. Right? She's 
she's quite the golfer. I mean, and and person like the the personality that she has. Um, it, she's blended very well with the team. You know, I can't say enough to the current team members of welcoming her like they have. And you know, she's she works with a top level uh, instructor out of Canada. Uh, same instructor that worked with uh, Nick Taylor, who won the RBC Canadian Open, and so uh, she's she's had some good skill development through the years, and and she's you know we're all traveling to Florida, everybody's going to play, so it'll be interesting to see how she you know puts it on the on the table there, and, and just watching her in the simulator, you know it's she's had some really good good practice and good shots going on. We're yeah. so used to you opening with the match play competition that Bowling Green's put on for seemingly ever, mm -hmm. but a change this year. Change. You, you get the different tournament and you're going back to stroke play to start out the year. Yeah, and last year she changed it to stroke play too when, when Bowling Green was still hosting it and then they moved to Arizona and I'm like, okay, well, we still want to go to Florida. Yeah. You can't go to Arizona <laughs> so, twice. Right, You're yeah. already going back for the Rio Verde. No, no. Um, so, yeah, we're going to Lake Worth, Florida. Uh, yeah, new tournament. So we're kind of excited to see. It's a smaller field, but I know Illinois State's going to be there. Um, so we'll have um, some decent competition and you know, hopefully pretty good weather. Uh, and just, you know, seeing what, you know, this practice yep. will pay off and uh, hopefully all, all good stuff. What's your biggest message for the team this year? What have you really challenged them to do? I want them to believe in themselves. That's the biggest thing. Um, there's times where um, I, I remember making the comment of fear has no scholarship on this golf team, right? And, and there's times where fear, fear creeps in, um, but believing in themselves, trusting in their games, trusting how much they've worked to get to where they are and um, one shot at a time. That's that's the biggest thing because it all will build up to more success for us. I know you love branding. What's the what's the hashtag? What's the, the theme? What's the, that we're really focusing on this year? Be a champion. Be a champion. Yes, yeah, with a biggie. Biggie. <laughs> all right, Steph, best of luck. We will catch up with you. As the year progresses, we can't wait to host that trophy yeah. uh, coming up in April. That'd be awesome. There, he, Thank there's, you. there she is, Stephanie Jennings, here on the Eastern Insider. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast, your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.